This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 44 of Outspoken. Uh, Sorry you missed me last week. My deepest and sincerest apologies, and I'm going to make up for it today with some really good stuff. So what I have for you, <clears throat> what we can start out, start off with is Girl Defined. Do you guys remember Girl Defined? Did you ever see anything about Girl Defined ever? They're like, they're like this, this YouTube channel. And then I want to show you this really, really bad tweet that I saw. It, it, it's, it's. It's from somebody who I've reacted to before on this podcast and on my channel. So you guys will not be surprised. And after that, I would like to do a couple of more Am I the Asshole posts because I saw two of them and I, these are the worst ones I've ever seen, ever. And then to end the the episode, we have uh, our LGBTQ submission stories. If you guys have any lgbtq story that you would like to submit to be read on the podcast anonymously um you can send an email to outspokensam at gmail.com and i might just read one of your stories all right so girl defined if you don't know what they are what if you don't know who they are (laughs) they're um a religious channel where they talk about a bunch of their opinions and beliefs and uh, they've just had some bad takes on a lot of things one of them being trans people and lgbtq people so when i went to look at their channel again to find a great video to react to there is one and it was titled questions christian girls are too afraid to ask about porn and this is the fuck this is the golden ticket all right the word porn is in it it's gonna be funny it's a q a about porn on girl defined it's doesn't get any fucking better than that. So uh, I wanted to show you what they had to say about this. Every time we talk about pornography, masturbation, anything to do with sexuality, we get such good feedback from you saying thank you. So we are going to do that again mm-hmm. today. Yep. And we're going there. We're going to answer your questions. It's going to be an awesome conversation. Yeah. So in our book, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. We- every time that I watch one of these videos, they have like a book to promote every subject ever. Like their intro is always like, and by the way, we have a book on this and it could be the most niche thing. Dedicated specifically to the topics, the hot button topics of pornography, masturbation, and erotica. That's an entire chapter in this book. So, so it's a sin. All that stuff is a sin. I didn't know that. I thought just cheating was. You can't read erotica. You can't even read erotica. What the hell? What isn't? (laughs) I think it's a a normal thing to think about sex. So, like, why why do you have to suppress it? That sounds a lot more unhealthy. We have several questions here based off of DMs, emails, like Kristen said. Mm -hmm. So let's just jump right in. Um, We're not going to be able to answer extensively because each each one of these could be like an entire, you know, video in and of itself. Get the book or go check out the latest episode on the Girl Defined Show podcast, episode number 50. Um, It's all about pornography, Mm -hmm. all about how to find freedom from that specifically. So Sick. I'm going to have to listen to that after this. Oh, whoops. Uh, 
first question, how do I get honest about my struggle when nobody assumes mm-hmm. that I struggle? Mm-hmm. I'm asking yeah. you, like, the interviewer. <laughs> You're interviewing me on these questions. This is interesting. <laughs> yeah. An interesting question. Why the fuck would anybody even assume that you love porn or have a porn addiction? I, I would never ask my family or friends, like, hey, um, it seems like you... Are you struggling with something? Like porn? When I heard this question, I thought of something you actually said a long time ago about someone you knew who was saying they were so afraid to share with their parents or with people in their church in ways that they were struggling sexually because they would hear other people talk about oh. them and say, oh, they're just such a good example, so godly, leading younger people, like yeah. oh, someone we can look to and this person, and it sounds like it's this person yeah. too struggling with the same thing. Like people would never assume yeah, exactly. that I would struggle with this. Maybe I'm kind of known as the girl that is consistently going to church and I read I my Bible or I mentor younger girls or I'm always giving tips about Bible study or on my Instagram or my social media. I'm sort of a Christian influencer. And so yeah. I just, I know people would be shocked if I came out saying I struggle with this or if I told someone. Okay, okay. Wait, so what that meant by like assume is like, because you're just, you per- portray yourself as someone who looks like they wouldn't watch porn. And here's the deal. Every one of us struggles with sin. I struggle with so much sin. I'm a fucking, I'm a walking sin. Everything, everything I touch becomes a sin sexually in different ways and so to pretend like certain things would are beyond what we could struggle with is giving sin like sin is much more powerful than that right and so I think we have to humble ourselves and that doesn't mean you announce it to the world for sure you don't need to go like post a big thing on social media but to say yes this is sin this is real I need to listen to Galatians 6 which talks about bearing one another's burdens I need to bring a godly believer into this privately and say hey I am struggling with this. I need to get honest. I need to bring this sin into the light. Will you help me? Will you pray with me? Mm-hmm. Will you walk with me through this? And then... If you want to stop watching porn or stop having sexual thoughts, just t- take an antidepressant. What's the big deal? You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to go tell anybody anything about your porn addiction or the fact that you think about sex and have sexual desires. Take antidepressants, all right? Thank me later. One of you asked, if it's so wrong, talking about porn, if it's so wrong, why does it feel so mm. right? Really good question. I'm so glad yeah. that you're asking that either in the DMs or email or just, you know, privately if you've thought that yourself. I mean, if we think about sin mm. in general, think... <laughs> How does porn feel right? I feel like... <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> I don't, I feel like not a lot of people have said porn is right. I just think they're like, oh shit, this is super cool. So I'm just going to look at this for a little bit and then continue my day. When I think of pornography, it's like, does it ever leave you satisfied long term? Does it ever, like, if you look at people who are addicted or struggling with pornography, it's like, they did it once. Why, why wasn't that enough? You know, like, why wasn't it good enough? Why are they still struggling? And that's exactly how sin works. It doesn't leave you alone. It comes back for more. It wants to take you deeper and darker away from God. And so it's so important to look at the full picture and say, sin never leaves us satisfied because it is impossible to leave us satisfied. Christ is the only one who can bring us that true satisfaction. Christ can bring me that satisfaction, that satisfaction. Um, I mean, I'm cool with that.
Will my struggle with porn go away once I get married? Mm. And this is a common question, and I think a very popular myth is that I'm struggling with porn, so therefore it's like I'm trying to satisfy my sexual desire through porn, so if I get married, well, then I can have sex in marriage, so my porn struggle will go away. But here is the trick, is that... Here is the trick. If the person you're married to fucking sucks... Then, uh, <laughs> then you're fucked. Godly sex doesn't satisfy sin. Like a lust, like porn is a yeah, lustful yeah. sin. And the only antidote to combating sin isn't to get married and have sex in marriage because the sin is still unconfessed. It's still there. It's, it's still the in heart, our hearts. Yeah. It's the heart. The antidote to sin. <laughs> the, the porn is in your heart. I mean, it's in your fucking heart. All right. It's not leaving. It doesn't even matter if you have the hottest partner in the world the sexiest person you could think of that fucking porn is in your heart yes marriage might i think in some ways and for some people as i've talked to them it might push the struggle down a little bit because there is that outlet there is that godly outlet for sexual desire to be satisfied but the heart struggle that sin is still there and more often than not what i hear from women is that it comes back up that temptation later on maybe six months a year down the road it comes back and it's still there because it hasn't been fully dealt with it hasn't been conquered and that's what jesus wants to help you do to not just kind of mask it in marriage but to say this is a real sin problem in my heart i need to repent i need to get help need to walk a journey of freedom of battling the sin combating the sin um intentionally that is the antidote is repentance and pursuit of christ Mm. in that struggle how about pursuit in a therapist you know that might help um, with some of your bad thoughts or your bad feelings or your guiltiness to talk to a therapist that's what usually what they're there for the next question my boyfriend struggles with porn should i tell anyone this is hard and I know if you are like, you're like, yes, I'm in that situation or what if I end up in that situation? What should I do? And we have talked about this. We have made videos Mm -hmm. on this. Um, We talk about this in our book, like 1000% our answer over and over and over again would be yes. Do not keep silent. Do not keep this to yourself. Even if he's like, oh, but I'm working on it. I'm, you know, I've had, you know, freedom for a few weeks now. Like, let's just keep this. Like if he doesn't want you to tell anyone or he's not telling anyone, Mm -hmm. that's a huge red flag. That's a huge problem. Whoa. I mean, it's kind of like, I feel like going through that isn't. It's embarrassing. Why would you want to go and tell a bunch of people? Uh, um, by the way, I can't stop watching people fuck online. Nobody wants to say that to anybody out in public like that. Unless it's like a professional or something and you've actually built up the courage to go and admit that to yourself and another random stranger. Imagine if somebody did that to you. They started telling everyone around, hey, by the way, uh, Sarah has a porn addiction. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. The last question that Christian girls are often too afraid to ask about porn is one of you asked, I struggled in the past with porn and I got help. I fell back into it and I'm too ashamed to get Mm. more help. What do I do? And I think that's, that is so hard because I think what the enemy, what Satan wants us to, to, like the lies he wants us to believe in this is that you got help. You declared victory, right? Oh, but look at you again. You're back in the same sin. And I think the enemy wants to heap so much shame and so much guilt and so much, um, I don't know, like like our pride of embarrassment. Yes, our you pride know. of almost feeling like I should have been above this. Yeah. I shouldn't have fallen back into this. And the enemy wants to trap us in a place of silence. So although you may feel shame and there is a healthy amount of shame we should feel in our sin, but our shame, our guilt, it should drive us to repentance, drive us to bringing our sin into the light because that's where freedom is found. 
you saying, I struggled once, I struggled again, I'm too ashamed, staying in that place isn't going to land you anywhere better. Six months, a year from now, you're still going to be in that same place. Don't let the enemy win. Don't let sin dominate in your life. Humble yourself. The Bible calls us continuously to humble ourselves. Why do they have to be like the perfect person? That was just a thought that came into my mind. Not to make this serious or anything, but like people fuck up. Like, why do you consistently have to focus on being perfect? Why can't you like sulk in your fuck up for a little bit? Like, if I'm depressed, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna sulk that shit up. Like, not everything I have to do has to be perfect. Don't live that way. It's okay to mess up, but that doesn't mean go be an asshole. But uh, I'm serious. People are so obsessed with being perfect people, and it's just not realistic. All right, y'all, we're going to wrap it up there. If you want to take this deeper, like we've said, grab a copy of Sex Period and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. We talk- Okay, well, I guess that's the end. I mean, porn addiction is definitely a real thing, and it's not a good thing. It's not um, good to be addicted to anything. I mean, I guess if you're struggling with porn addiction, just go talk to a godly person from your church and let me know how it goes. Let me me know how it goes. Now, I was on Twitter the other day because I'm on Twitter every single day. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter is at it's Sam Collins. You guys know this guy named Matt Walsh. I've reacted to him on this podcast before. He just does like uh, political commentary type of stuff. So he tweeted the other day. He said, a listener wrote to ask if it's a red flag that his fiance doesn't want to take his last name. No, it's not just a red flag. It's a deal breaker. Men... Don't marry women who won't take your name. That's a wall of separation she wants to keep between you. It won't be the only one. You know how ridiculous that take is? That is is one of the worst takes I've ever read. Okay, sorry, if you have an ugly last name, like what if she just doesn't want to take it? What if she has pride in her own family name? Uh, Or, oh, you know what would really, really bother him? If the guy took the girl's last name. He would be on fire. He'd make a whole video about it. And the replies are really good. They said, uh, I'd argue it's a red flag if a man demands you to take his name. It's 2021, not 1921. We're not signing ourselves over to you. Someone else said, my husband and I married in 1979. I'm a professional, so I wanted to keep my own name. This didn't bother him in the slightest because he's smarter, more secure, and far more successful than you'll ever be. So am I. Somebody else said, imagine looking at Matt Walsh and thinking, that's the go-to guy for relationship advice. Too funny. Too funny. Imagine being so insecure in life that you have to treat a person you marry like territory you have to mark. That shit was funny. I just had a field day when I was scrolling on Twitter, reading through those replies and just reading the quote tweets. Such a bad take. Really, really weird. Like, you don't own the person you're marrying. They don't have to take your last name. Some people like their own last name. Sometimes it flows better. Anyways, there's these two Am I the Asshole posts. I can't believe my eyes. I almost feel like they're fake, okay? Am I the asshole for telling my husband I'll dispose of my feminine products when he wipes better? I'm a housewife. My husband works a nine to five, so I take care of the house all day. Laundry, dishes, kids, etc. I just had a baby, so I'm still bleeding and I can't wear tampons. I can't wear tampons anyways because I have a tilted cervix. I don't know why she added that in there. Uh, so I wear pads. When I change my pad, I wrap it in the toilet paper and usually the wrapper that the other one came in, but sometimes just toilet tissue. My husband always tells me it's really gross when he goes to the bathroom and can see the bloody tissue that my pad is wrapped in and he doesn't need to see that. We got into a fight 
right about it with him telling me that it's disgusting to see the blood and no one needs to know that I'm on my period, which I'm not on my period. I'm bleeding from birthing a baby. I told him I would start disposing of my pads the way he wants me to when he learns how to wipe better and I don't have to scrub the shit stains out of his boxers. He told me I was out of line and has slept in the guest room the last couple of nights. Am I the asshole? Edit to add, we have a trash can with a lid but our dog recently broke it trying to get into the trash I ordered another on Amazon, but it hasn't come yet, and I don't have a car to go get one myself. Imagine marrying someone and having the child of someone who doesn't wipe their ass. Why is this a universal experience for a lot of people? This is not the first time I've heard a story like this. What is the deal with people not wiping their ass? Excuse me, listening. You're listening right now. Do you wipe your ass? Please tell me you wipe your ass. How the fuck, how the hell do you have skid marks in your boxers? Like, I feel like, what? I feel like you would have to have so much shit on it. I'm sorry, but I feel like there would have to be a lot for it to be left on your underwear like that. What is, is your underwear like in your ass crack all day? That you didn't, like, why didn't you wipe? I don't know, dude. Why didn't you just wipe your ass? Isn't it like a a rule that you wipe your ass so you don't see anything or like you have a bidet or <laughs> i just oh my god someone said you married someone who can't wipe fully <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe time to invest in a bidet but if he is afraid of seeing period blood i can't imagine how afraid his fragile mind would be at the thought of something touching his butthole not the asshole. Stop doing his laundry. Tell him it's really gross you have to handle his underwear with poop stains on them and no one should have to deal with that but him. Problem solved. And the OP said, I never did his laundry until recently when I had the baby and stayed home. Damn, that's crazy. Imagine finding out that much later that, like, your husband just fucking shits himself and doesn't wipe his ass. That's crazy. So this next one is am i the asshole for telling my wife she embarrassed me by bringing a meal to my work i 33 male recently got hired at a large company in the south where me and my wife moved months ago my wife was ex my wife was excited for my new job and talked about preparing a surprise for me which got me excited but i didn't know what it was until she showed up at my workplace two days ago with a meal she said she prepared specifically for me since it's my favorite apparently this was her surprise i was a little upset that she brought it to my workplace. My coworkers, who are vicious and brutally honest and sarcastic, got involved and kept teasing me about the meal. One of them, named Austin, joked about how quote-unquote mommy is so supportive by bringing food to my workplace. I felt like shit as he and the other coworkers kept laughing at me. I went to work the next day and Austin kept making jokes about me saying shit like, is mommy gonna bring lunch today as well? And when is mommy coming to change your diaper and some other shit? One of them, who is somebody that I don't know, said, Oh, you guys, I can still smell the meal that the OP's name's mom brought yesterday. She's such a great cook, bless her heart. And the goddamn giggles kept on. I felt so awful, I went home and just blew up at my wife, telling her that she flat out fucking embarrassed me and just torpedoed any goddamn prestige and respect I had among my coworkers. I told her what Austin and the others have been doing and asked if she was happy for giving them ammo to come at me like that. She argued that she was just trying to do something nice for me, and she didn't care about what people might say, but I was a selfish jerk who only cares about what others think rather than how she felt by my constant berating over a meal that she put effort, money, and time to make and bring to me. 
That was a run-on sentence. Holy shit. Sorry, ran out of breath on that one. The argument escalated after I suggested that she could have waited till I got home to surprise me with this goddamn meal instead of showing up while I was working, which made me seem unprofessional. She said she came during lunch break, but I was still working during lunch, lunch break. She said at this point, I clearly find it easier to blame her than stand up for myself against those childish bullies. I said I didn't appreciate what she said, but she replied that I should be grateful that she cared enough to bring me a home-cooked meal and then thanked me for showing her that it's not worth wasting any more of her time cooking for me after this. I told her to stop blaming me for something that she caused and asked her to admit that maybe she should have consulted me before bringing the meal over so I could avoid being the goddamn butt of every joke my coworkers told. I don't even know how long this is going to last. She told me to man up and either report them or quit. I was floored by what she said. I had to walk out because I couldn't take any more of this and felt like she wasn't listening to how her behavior caused me this issue at work. That was a fucking mouthful. I'm done reading that, by the way, finally. Yeah, so this guy is a bitch, honestly. That's, uh, what a what a childish, first of all, do you work? Are you in like a, a workplace or are you in school? Because the people around you sound like they're fucking people from my high school which is weird. Imagine like bringing that with you into the workplace, like the bullying thing. That shit's fucking weird. They need to get a life, but also you need to get a life. Getting a meal made just for you. That's like, that's a dream. How could you hate that? How could you like, <laughs> what? If somebody makes me food, I will fall in love with them. Make me one thing, I'll fall in love with you. And that's how fucking bad it is. So uh, this guy's lucky that I'm not him. I'd steal his wife. Somebody said, you're the asshole. Your wife is an absolute sweetheart. Your colleagues are bullying you and bullying your wife in return isn't going to fix anything. Exactly. Another person said, my first thought was OP sounds like a preteen embarrassed by their mom. He needs to grow the fuck up. OP, you're the asshole. And I hope your wife never does anything thoughtful for you ever again because you obviously don't deserve it. <laughs> Somebody else said, if someone made fun of me for my partner bringing me a home-cooked hot lunch i just throw it back at them i'm sorry my wife loves me so much and does nice things for me don't take your loneliness and bitterness out on me i mean surprises can also be annoying but like it's not that big of a deal why are you blaming the bullying on your wife it's your co-workers who are bullying you she was just trying to do something nice for you okay so now i have these lgbtq stories that i would love to read for you today so this story says when i was about 12 or 13 i came to terms with my gender and sexuality gender fluid and bisexual at the time i was really close with these two girls for the sake of the story their names will be millie and laney we were very close and i felt like i could share anything with them when i first came out to them laney was su very supportive of me We've been friends for years. We just met Millie this year. I didn't really want to tell Millie though because I knew her opinions on the LGBTQ community. I did eventually tell her and even though she didn't agree with me, she still supported me. Everything was fine. We were still very close and my sexuality didn't really bother them. I was feeling very confident so I made a social media page. Anyways, one day things changed. They started acting really awkward around me and they were obviously trying to avoid me. People were staring at me in the halls and whispering. When I got to first period, my friend asked me, is it true that you like Lainey? And I said, no, why would you even think that? And then she replied, everyone is saying that you like Lainey. And when I heard this, my stomach dropped. The only people that I had told I was bi were Millie and Lainey. They had told the entire school that I had a crush on Lainey. I told everyone that this wasn't true and that they shouldn't believe a stupid rumor. Then the rumor slowly died down and I was able to walk the halls without people staring at me. That was until someone from my school found my social media page. The account spread like a wildfire. I was getting so many comments saying stuff along the lines of, Hi, blank, I didn't know that you were bi. 
And then I was getting stared at again. And I was so mad at Millie and Lainey, but it wasn't their fault that I created the social media page. I wanted to blame someone for my misfortune, but the only person I could blame was myself. I logged out of the social media account after not posting for a while. Then I realized that I should delete the page. Not so people couldn't view my content, but because once it's posted, it's out there forever. It could be saved on people's devices, screenshotted, screen recorded, etc. It was only when I tried logging back in did I realize that I'd forgotten the password. I couldn't delete the account just for my own privacy. It was still out there on the internet. I felt so stupid. But life goes on, I guess. After a while, I forgot about it. Lainey and Millie started to bully me for being bi, which I thought was weird since they supported me at first. Then one day, Millie and Lainey were called to the principal's office. Then, one by one, everyone in my new friend group was called to the office. Lastly, I was called. When I arrived, the principal was on the phone with Millie's parents. When she saw me enter the office, she hung up. She told me that she heard that I was bullying Millie and Lainey. I was young then, and I was scared of the principal. For some reason, I didn't want to say that this is absolutely wrong, that they were bullying me. I didn't know why I didn't say it, but I just didn't. She asked me if I was bullying them, and I said, I don't remember it, which, looking back on it, sounds like something someone who is bullying people would say. This was also the second to last day of school. I was moving schools after that year, and it didn't matter what she thought of me. She then asked me loads of questions. She also didn't forget to mention that Millie and Lainey didn't want to get anyone in trouble, but I knew that they did this purposefully. After this, on the last day of school, people at my school started to say, hey, that's blank from blank. I was really uncomfortable with them saying this because in the username, it had the word bisexual. Around the school, I was known as the bi girl. Everything is fine now. That was a while ago. I only hang out with people that I know will support me no matter what. I just wanted to share my story and I hope you enjoyed it. If this has helped one person from making the same series of mistakes that I did, then sharing this was successful. So I thought this story was very interesting. There's like this one point you basically almost put some of the blame on yourself because you had like a social media page. Like that's totally, you can, that's fine to have a social media page. But of course, people in school can definitely go find it because that's how they are. They like to do that shit. They like to spread shit around the school because they're weird and kids like to bully other kids. And um, it's definitely worse now than it was back then because everyone has social media. Now everybody has TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter, literally whatever. It's weird. These, I feel like these two friends are just projecting their own insecurities. So like they have something that they think they one up you on because like whatever, if they're straight, they think they're so much better because you're bi and like you're a minority. And um, that's so weird because people think it's so weird to be bisexual or gay. This has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the other people involved and the other kids who are or who, who, who were bullying you um, when you were in middle school. Yeah, that shit is not cool. It's not your fault for having the page. Like you wanted to, whatever, you wanted to have fun with your page. Everybody does that. It's unfair though, because kids, they will find your page. And if they don't like something on it, they'll share it with the whole school. And it literally spreads like a wildfire. So do be careful on your social media pages, whether you're in school or not in school. Careful with the stuff that you post. Yeah, these two are not good friends. People who pretend to be supportive of you and actually aren't obviously are, are not very good friends, but I wish people would just be more honest and say, like, spare you the time. Don't pretend to support me. What the fuck is that supposed to do for me once you turn your back on me? So this last story says, I've been enjoying and learning a lot from your channel, and I wanted to ask you about something. One of my dearest friends recently, quote unquote, adopted her son's best friend, Jim. 
Jimmy's parents kicked him out one week before his 18th birthday for being trans, and he's been living with my friend and her family ever since. This comes after a long history of his parents belittling him, deadnaming him, etc. You know, because apparently that's how Jesus wants parents to treat their trans kids. Now, in the arms of a genuinely loving and supportive family, Jim is getting help with all the transitioning stuff, from medical to bureaucratic to, to practical. I want to buy him the very best binder available, regardless of the price. Right now, he's using two at one time because they're too big on him, and I worry that could be harmful. Side note, yes, yes, that can be harmful. I've done it. Don't let Jim do that. Uh, and I think he deserves to have the feeling of putting on something that fits, does its job well, is made to really high quality standards, etc. I can't imagine it does his feelings of dysphoria any good to have to wrestle into an ill-fitting, worn-out, second-hand binder, or two, that doesn't even do the job well. When I googled best binders for trans, I didn't, I didn't feel like I could trust that the resulting articles weren't just ads in disguise. I'm hoping you and some of your viewers or listeners might be able to provide some recommendations based on your own experiences. Although I'm cis, I have plenty of personal experience with parental rejection for shitty, stupid reasons. Plus, you know, I have a fucking heart and I want to help. Beyond the binder question, I wonder if you might have any suggestions on how folks at a distance can make a positive difference for young people like Jim. It might be interesting to ask your viewers for their input too. So I thought this was a really good one because it can help anybody who needs a binder recommendation. Any of you, if anyone, anyone's watching on the YouTube channel and you can leave a comment, definitely say what your favorite binder is from your favorite company or whatever. So when I was younger, I used to use Underworks binders. I don't know if they still make them. Um, I can look it up right now actually. But that we did not have many options back then I know a lot of people talk about GC2B, GC2B. I don't have any personal experience with the newer binders, but the only binder that I used to use was a Underworks binder. They are thick. They are, they did a really good job at binding, uh, but that was back in like 2012. And to make a positive difference in a trans person's life, it would probably be, I mean, for me, when I first transitioned and even now just treating me like a normal person i think that goes a long way and basically you don't even have to really do anything you're just treating them like a just like a regular person and because we already feel a lot different we already know we're, we're different from a lot of other people so it's good to just be respected by pronouns and your preferred name and stuff like that it's the small things like that 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 really make your day yeah, so that's all I can think of. If any of you guys have anything good to add to, you can leave a YouTube comment. I'm sure that'll be helpful for many people listening to this. So yeah, that was the last story. And uh, I'm very tired. So I'm going to go to bed now. If you guys want to send in any stories, you can send them to outspokensam at gmail.com. I might read them on one of my podcast episodes. And with all that being said, I will see all you guys next week with a new episode. Good night.